Welcome to this new episode of Conspiracy Cast. Isn't every episode new? Uh, well, unless you're watching right it here again. on Tales of Earth. That was a weird thing that I did my time. <laughs> uh, a show where we sit down, we three non-experts, and we discuss a conspiracy of some kind. Then we decide whether or not we believe it and why. Uh, and this guy over here defends all the sides because he likes to play devil's advocate. I totally do. I uh, love it. He just wants everyone to have a good time. I do. That's He's that, that guy at the party. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah, hey, we'll yeah, just yeah. have a good time. Yeah. And it's and funny because uh, when I'm playing devil's advocate, sometimes I actually convert people because I'm just so good. Like last time with the but, yeah, role yeah, models. Right. Uh, we do this live on twitch.tv. Yeah, twitch.tv. That's where we are. It's <laughs> a weird slash to that comic story in every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can support us by subscribing to the channel. Uh, you can also find some Tales of Earth merch um, like this mouse pad over here, over here, yeah. right there. Yeah. There's also shirts uh, with that design as yes, well as these shirts. shirts. Yes. And. I don't know if you can see my shirt. Anyway, I digress. Uh, so you can find that merch through the link below, or you can go to patreon.com slash comicstorian, where you can get early access to this show as well as other shows. Today we have with us... I am Dan. Glorp. I am Glorp Dan. I always forget God, the Glorp. I'm sorry. It's okay. You know, it's very offensive not to say Glorp between... Before your name. I know. I, I pretty much just insulted and An the species mm-hmm. of Omicron Glorpii. Yeah, where, can they, where can they... That was nice. <laughs> Thank Way you. Go. Thank uh, you. Where can they find you, Dan? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dan T. Producer or on Wednesdays and Fridays at twitch.tv slash Dan T. Streamer. That was nice. Nice. Thanks. Nice. I like it. I tried. Mm. Andy. What's up? Glorp Andy. <laughs> where, where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Glorp Andy. You can find me at I am the Andy on Instagram. Glorp, everybody. All right. And I am Gary. You can find me on Film Circuit on YouTube and Film Circuit on Twitter and Northward Films on Instagram. I did it. All right. <laughs> we did it. So Mom. today we are talking about um, suppressed or lost technology. Okay. Interesting. I was not aware of this. This is, I think, one of the few times that I only learned about the topic yeah, yeah, yeah. right as we started. He literally told me like a minute before we started. So Yes, and you were over there, and I was staring at your head. Oh, it's true. I've noticed that I'm, when, you're, when somebody's sitting over there, I'm no longer staring at the camera or the TV or the monitor. I'm right. staring at their head. Just the, Because it's just yeah, like just the top. top. Yeah, just, just a little like, tuft of hair just moving around. Um, so, uh, today's going to be more of just like a list episode, like we do those once in a while. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. This one, this first list, uh, top 10 amazing lost or suppressed inventions, comes from listverse.com. List. Number 10. Actually, Dan, can you do our countdown for us? You always do it so great. Sorry. Number 10. There we go. Greek fire. Greek fire was... I, think I had that on pizza once. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> that should be a hot sauce. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's somebody's sure got to have it. Yeah. What kind of sauce are you on? Can I get the Greek fire? The Greek fire. Sir, are you sure? Are you Actually, sure? give me the Roman are Inferno. You, sure? you know you can't put it out. Thank right. You. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of oily. Uh, all right, you Greek fire was... <laughs> Greek fire was an incendiary weapon used by the Byzantine Empire. The Byzantines typically used it in naval battles to great effect, as it could continue burning even on water. The ingredients and the processes of manufacture and deployment of Greek fire was very carefully guarded. Um, were very carefully guarded military secrets. So strict was the secrecy that the composition of Greek fire was lost and remains a source of speculation to this day. Consequently, the mystery of the formula has long dominated the research into Greek fire. 
Well, of course. Uh, despite the almost exclusive focus, however, uh, Greek fire is best understood as a complete weapon system of many uh, components, all of which were needed to operate together to render it effective. Sounds similar to napalm. Essentially, yes. Very yeah. similar to napalm, yeah. yeah. But if it landed on the water, it was, it was it was still, still burning. It was still burning. So you couldn't just like doesn't napalm? sail past Isn't Greek it fire. hydrophobic? So it doesn't actually bond with water and it does like it. I actually don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know either. We don't but use napalm I, I think, anymore, especially no. since I was in the army. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the I concept. That's a war crime, actually. Yeah, I think it was very effective because even if it landed on the water and you sailed through it, it would mm, essentially it attach itself your, yeah. to, your, to your ship. So it just burned until it was gone. There was something similar in Game of Thrones. Hmm. Of course. Maybe. I wonder where they got the idea. Yeah, it's strange. Not from the ancient Greeks and Byzantines. Uh, okay. Number nine. Orgon Wilhelm Reich. Uh, sound Oregon like a thing. energy is a hypothetical form of energy first proposed and promoted in the 1930s by uh, psychoanalyst Wilhelm Reich. It is uh, claimed that Oregon is a manifestation of the Freudian concept of libido. Okay. Nice. Uh, Reich saw Oregon as a universal bioenergetic, energetic, yeah, energetic uh, force lying behind and causing much, if not all, observable phenomena. That's quite the theory. Uh, Reich developed a device, an organ accumulator, for clinical trials and tests from the 1950s onwards. The FDA became involved in uh, aggressively investigating healthcare providers who were offering treatment not accepted by mainstream researchers, and in particular by the American Medical Association. Reich was one of the first therapists who was targeted. On February 10th, 1954, the U.S. Attorney for Maine, acting on behalf of the FDA, filed a complaint seeking a permanent injunction under Section 301 and 302 of the Federal Food, Drug, the worst and one. Cosmetic Act. I hate it when they do that. To prevent uh, interstate shipment of organ accumulators and to ban some of Reich's writing. Exciting. So what exactly? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm yeah, really yeah, lost. Yeah. So I kind of skipped it, out after the libido it, thing. Honestly, I was, no. It, I, was it, yeah, I always weaponize my libido, but that's a different thing. It is confusing. <laughs> Let's get on to something we can wrap our minds around. <laughs> Dan. Number eight. I realize we didn't get a number nine. I know. You, Can you, you do skipped it? over. Number nine. Okay, now do eight. Number eight. Thank you. Fantastic. Perpetual Motion by Victor Schauberger. Schauberger and his works have become part of an internet-based conspiracy theory claiming that Schauberger invented free energy slash perpetual motion devices mm. and that this was uh, covered up, quote, covered up by the U.S. government. While perpetual motion devices are impossible under basic laws of physics as they violate the fundamental concept of conservation of energy, Schauberger never claimed to have invented perpetual motion machines, but instead stated that he used the Earth's natural power. After the Second World War, Schauberger was apprehended by U.S. intelligence agents and kept in custody for nine months. Because that's not suspicious. Uh, they confis- I mean, it was it was for it's other things, other things. Well, yeah, like yeah, tax obviously. evasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He jaywalked. He jay. Yeah, yeah. They were just looking Very for some reason. They were like. <laughs> He's a foot away from the sidewalk. Get him, boys! <laughs> it's a very serious crime in the 1940s. Yep, uh, it was. <laughs> so, I mean, there I were too the many cars on the, the road. Menetites quote. What are you in for? Jaywalking. <laughs> they confiscated all his documents and prototypes and interrogated him to determine his activities during the war. So that is very suspicious to me. Mm. That hmm. he obviously was very humble about his invention. Right. You know, it wasn't this, hey, look, everybody, look at what I invented. It's more like a, 
Look perpetual motion. Yeah. <laughs> it works. But he says he did not create a perpetual motion machine. No, right. he did what Amy does in Futurama. What? Because the Earth is I, technically I in perpetual motion. Right. right. Yeah. Tapping and into... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you tap into it, in a way, you are you sure, creating right, energy right, yeah. from perpetual motion. Well, and they do and that's, that in Futurama. And that's the theory, is that even that, on the cosmic eternal scale, the Earth is not in perpetual motion. It will eventually stop spinning. It will slow down. In fact, its rotation rate is slowing. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's like a millionth of a second or something. It's a very small number. Jesus, every, we're all going to die. Every year. Our moon is also Give leaving us. Give us 7,000 years and we will lose a yes. day. Uh, yes, our moon is also leaving us. Our magnetic uh, uh, our, field is I shrinking. mean, our sun, as our we learned before, is, yeah, yeah. Benny thinks ben is The sun dim. is going out. It's yeah. just called entropy. <laughs> so the universe is going to die someday, people. Well, that's sad. It is sad. Steal but, food, uh, hoard gas. No, yes. don't do that. <laughs> yes, don't do I that. think we're a little ways off from <laughs> needing to do that. start. Well, yes. Andy told people that Andy in a couple a, billion years, I was watching this one jackass on a YouTube channel. <laughs> I think if you if you take the advice of uh, if you take that extreme advice <laughs> from one person on the YouTube channel, you have problems. Probably, yeah. yes. Don't do that. Just we're clear, guys. Uh, <laughs> we do not condone do the apocalypse. No, we do not. Uh, we don't condone the apocalypse. <laughs> we do not condone the apocalypse. I was gonna. I, I think certainly I mean, behavior don't. during the apocalypse. Maybe. No, no, I don't condone the apocalypse. No, I think we shouldn't do it. Yeah, apocalypse is actually a misinterpretation of of an old, uh, I think, Greek word. The apocalypse is actually just a reference to the apocrypha, to writings, to story. No, I'm pretty sure it was a Greek heavy the metal apocalypse. Band. The apocalypse. the apocalypse is not a thing. That is a cultural misnomer. No, it's well, it's a thing apocalypse. now. Yeah, it's a thing I've now. Said it. No, there was a lot of things no. that weren't things it's for a while, but became things. Well, it's an incorrect thing now. I like it now. Well, it's no, a it's thing become now. a correct it's thing. No, it's terms. Hit us with yeah. the number seven, Dan. All right, so wait, num. Verse seven. <laughs> that was <laughs> nicely done. Thank you for reminding me that he's. Uh, doing things uh some people <laughs> including a number of doctors oh this is the ozone therapy machine some people including okay. a number so of doctors and biochemists <laughs> believe ozone has thin over here <laughs> understandable what <laughs> i was making a joke about like ozone, ozone therapy, therapy. oh yeah like, yeah, 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 yeah. Into, like holes in the ozone i feel like i have just, a hole in my soul there's just a hole and i can't yeah. seem to fill it i always feel kind of transparent uh, all right, so people the, keep wanting to leave me. Uh, some people, including a number of doctors and biochemists, believe ozone has remarkable healing properties. The advent, the advent of precise medical ozone generators, has only recently allowed the mechanisms, action, and possible toxicity of ozone to be evaluated by cl clinical trials. And you drink some coffee. <laughs> Probably won't help. Uh, but despite uh, <laughs> anecdotal evidence of ozone therapy having caused remission, remission in a variety—it really didn't it even variety happen. of diseases. I think it's like once you start getting tripped up, you yeah. just like you just gotta pause. You're okay. you're just tumbling yes, now. Yes, and a variety of diseases. Therapeutic use of ozone is not endorsed by health authorities or medical associations in any English-speaking country, and most U.S. states prohibit the marketing of ozone generators. Uh, it's medical use and even research and clinical trials of ozone therapy, so that. Um, uh, doctors risk losing their medical license by administering or prescribing ozone therapies. Okay. I mean, so that, that just so, sounds like this is unhealthy and unsafe. I was going to say that doesn't so, sound like they're suppressing it for like, like it'll cure everything. Well, we got to we'll stop. Lose right. money. This will actually hurt people. 
So this is one of the, one of those things that'll hurt people that we should stop, right? right. Yeah, like that doesn't yeah, sound yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. really. So, I, I can, can, can we make like, money this off like of this? Miracle yeah. drug, yeah, yeah. right? And the pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. were like, "Well, no, we have to suppress that. Otherwise, how will we make money off of our drugs?" It's like this cures you of everything, yeah. and you live to be 150, but you get to act like you're 25 the whole time. <laughs> well, the let's medical, not yeah, allow that. The medical industry right now, yeah, thrives on people being sick. Oh yeah, I mean, oh, so yeah. they're counting it's, on people being well in business and their businesses, people being sick. So that's only in the states. Sure. I'm sure there are a few other countries that most other countries yeah. they're paid to keep you. Most of the countries that you benefit well. from people actually being yeah healthy. Yeah. Uh, all right, but that's Let's a conversation on. for a different channel. Yeah. All right, Dan, this one's gonna that's be called exciting. politics of Earth. Yeah. Um, that sounds like mm. a really boring channel. Yeah, Can I wouldn't watch that channel. That channel? Honestly. Well, if politics it was Andy and I, we would make it hilarious. That is true. I make and everything. You would be there funnier. for the seriousness because oh, you've got the glasses. I'm not funny. No, I mean. Oh, you got true. glasses and you're you gluten free. You got glasses <laughs> and you're gluten free, so you're not funny. No. Gary, that's Price. not the reason you're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never tell me. Yeah, no, I mean, there are other reasons. I just there we don't have much time to, to yeah, list. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You just don't want to hurt my feelings. Yep. Hit us with the Norse. Two. Number six. Anti gravity device. <gasps> Thomas Townsend Brown. Can I make In them 19- into What? Can I make them into boots? If only. In 1956, the aviation trade publication uh, Interavia reported that Thomas Townsend Brown had made substantial progress in anti-gravity or electrogravitic propulsion research. That sounds cooler. It sounds way cool. (laughs) It does. Uh, Top U.S. aerospace companies had also become involved in such research, which may have become a classified subject in 1957. Uh, though the effect he discovered has been proven to exist by many others, Brown's work was controversial because others, and even himself, believed that this effect could explain the existence and operation of unidentified flying objects, uh, UFOs. Oh, oh guys. All, right, all, right, all right. Brown's research has since become sense. something of a popular pursuit around the world, with amateur experimenters replicating his early experiments in the form of lifters powered by high voltage. This is interesting to me it sounds like so, he and other so scientists yeah yeah go ahead I, I this this is one of those ones where it's like is this an anti-gravity device or is this like, like a, a hover car kind of deal something like that yeah, or yeah, is yeah. it more of a the ability to manipulate gravity like in like when you see those things it's like well this will simulate gravity at mm. this but you it's like a dial yeah, and you yeah. can turn it up you can turn it down because I feel like that would be the situation because it's like, well, if you're removing it entirely and you have that capacity, mm-hmm. right. you would have the capacity to do that exact same process, but a little bit less. So it wouldn't eliminate gravity, but mm. reduce it. Right. But it that would be kind of really cool. Say. And to me, the, the odd thing is, is like, well, they suppressed this because it would prove the possibility yeah. of UFOs. Like, that I, am a little, I am a little confused as to why they would. They're like, this right. one. They're like, listen, right. we with this guy's research, we could have flying cars. They're like, eh, I don't want people thinking there's aliens out there. Yeah. What? Where did you? What? How did you get to that? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, if it's, anything, it, it would like, make it seem like there aren't aliens. Exactly. You're like, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. How did he get yeah, yeah. his car up <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. We want people to believe it's aliens. Like, but yeah, we're gonna this. tell them to their face that it's not. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Get now you're getting, you're getting it. it. <laughs> this guy is finally getting it. He's getting yeah. good with a company now. <laughs> what company? Exactly. 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 <laughs> I don't know. That just seems like a weird one to suppress for that it reason. Is. Anyway. It is interesting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't really say whether or not it 
like literally defies gravity or if it just makes things lighter or right. like, yeah. like how that how that necessarily works but it said the research because did become classified may have become classified may have become so i mean it's possible mean? it just didn't work out that well yeah. and they were like oh, it went away right yeah it was a danger thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, it yeah, only yeah. works 80% of the time, and I don't want to be underneath <laughs> one of those cars on <laughs> yeah. the other 20. Screw that. I don't want to be in one of those cars yeah. during the other 20. New. No. All right. Uh, number. Okay, go ahead, Dan. Number five. Cold Fusion Device by Eugene Malov. Oh. Eugene Malov was a notable proponent and supporter of research into cold fusion. He authored the book Fire from Ice, which details uh, the 1989 report of uh, tabletop cold fusion from Stanley Pons and Martin Fleshman at the University of Utah. The book claims the team did produce greater than unity output energy in an experiment, uh, which supposedly was successfully replicated on several occasions. Malov claims that the results were suppressed through an organized campaign of ridicule from mainstream physicists. So they all came together and were like, we need to ridicule this guy. Yeah. Let's <laughs> ridicule him. Yeah. You created very easy to make energy. You're not going to make money off of that dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get on this train. Create makeup for dogs. <laughs> That's the big thing right now. <laughs> makeup for dogs. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> if not makeup, then sweaters. Uh, so, uh, and that is the was, origin of the dog sweater. Oh. Oh. He was fatally beaten May 14th, 2004 in Norwalk, Connecticut by an unknown assailant. His violent death was suspected by some to be related to the nature of his work. And I'm sure it was. Well, yeah. Honestly, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, an oil so tycoon, some oil tycoon. For the record, if Maybe you aren't aware, tycoon. I mean, it could uh, be anybody in energy. Yes, yeah, anybody so, who's yeah, making yeah. money off of energy. Cold fusion. For the record, if you aren't aware of what it is, it's essentially the ability to fuse atoms oh, sorry. to create energy without needing to put energy into the process. Mm. Meaning, mm. you get more Pure energy output, than basically. you put in. Right. That's cold fusion. Yep. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. I figured so, some people might not know what it is. Do you think he did it? Do you think he he and these other scientists discovered cold fusion? Sounds like they discovered it, it that it was relatively easy. And that's my... I'm going to just interject this. That is kind of my take on these disruptive inventions. Mm -hmm. I think they are much easier than we're led to believe. Right, right. Because so many of them are suppressed. We right. have evidence uh, that disruptive technologies have been created you know, 30, 40, 50 times just mm. in the past, you know, a couple of centuries. Mm. Yeah. And they've, they've, yeah, they've been suppressed. And so I think what like things like unlimited energy or clean energy is easier than we're led to believe. Oh yeah. Not right. Easy, yeah. But, but easier, easier, easier yeah. cheaper. Um, yeah. So the reason why I don't think that this one's real is because a lot of these, if you think about it, I'm going to use the anti-gravity as the example. Mm -hmm. People are creating them now and yep. a lot of them are harder to suppress because a lot of people will go hey internet check this out right, and once yeah, it's on yeah, the internet yeah. it's pretty much impossible to get off right and like the anti-gravity i've seen tons of things of people going check this out i created a device that if you put this thing over it there's nothing there mm. but it stays in the air right. whereas cold fusion i feel like that would be one of those things that you would at least hear someone mention and then it disappear sure rather Maybe. than yeah. like no because it's it's similar to i'm sure it's going to be on here uh, but if it's not the whole like uh, curing cancer but that getting hidden mm -hmm. like a lot of the time i'll see an article where they're like 
scientists found a bacteria that eats uh, cancerous cells, but not healthy cells. And then I see nothing about it from there on. And I feel like cold fusion would be the same boat of someone going, hey, I figured out uh, how to do this. And like they say, we tried it. And then you hear nothing else from it. That's like, because a lot of these things, because of the new... uh, technology people have at their disposal uh knowledge that we have if it was able to be made when this is saying it was Mm -hmm. there's someone that's done it sure like there has to have been someone that was able to recreate this and at least get it out there somehow yeah maybe or maybe the government just stole it like or the government stole it uh yeah with their hover car with their hover car which they needed a new power source for it all falls fusion. into place yes. exactly Damn. and then we weaponize our libido in our other car I've already done that weaponize the libido I feel like that's I, that's all I got that's from that like one a, that's like <laughs> a psycho that's my new gamer that's tag. like <laughs> That's like a weaponized bad, libido. That just sounds like a bad like psychology book. Like <laughs> the world how to weaponize <laughs> your libido yeah, yeah, yeah. for dummies. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, obviously, that sounds like a really creepy self help book. It is, <laughs> but it's very effective. So yeah, it is. <laughs> Number four, water fuel cell Stanley Meyer. This is a very uh, popular story on the internet. Stanley Meyer produced nine patents relating to his water-powered car. He was subsequently sued by two investors, and the court found Meyer guilty of gross and egregious fraud, ordering him to repay the investors their uh, $25,000. It's actually not that well, depending on when this happens. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Following his sudden death, an autopsy showed that he died of a cerebral aneurysm. Uh, Meyer's supporters continue to claim that he was assassinated by, quote, Big oil, uh, Arab death squads, Belgian assassins, or Belgian assassins. I like or the, the U.S. government. I, I, <laughs> you can hear them coming. It's the most frightful sound in the world. Oh no! Or the U.S. government throw starts and they throw the clog at you. What the hell? This is very well made. I don't think they wear claws in Belgium. I have no idea that joke. Or the U.S. government in order to suppress his inventions. I like how they're in this list. The U.S. government is last. No, no, I just like how they're like, listen, he was killed definitely by big oil. It's either assassins, Arab death squads, Belgium assassins. Uh, armed with waffles, uh, uh, and then and then maybe and I'm a, this is probably a stretch. The U.S. government, maybe it was honestly more likely. But I mean, it, uh, an official U.S. government representative told me that they didn't. Yeah, so, so I believe and, I mean, that he had his briefcase well, yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so briefcase yeah. and everything. Uh, Dan, number three, yeah. oh, earthquake machine by Nikola Tesla. Uh, at one point while experimenting with mechanical oscillators, I feel like we've told this story in every episode. So many times. So many times. Also, yeah. I believe they uh, I don't think named it wrong because it's the anti-constipation device. That's true. It is the anti-constipation yeah. device. Also, yeah. I don't know And if the earthquake is a side effect. Although he kind of suppressed it, I suppose. Yeah, but I can see that By breaking it with a hammer. Yeah, with a hammer, according to the story. Yeah. It was uh, back when they had small ones. So Tesla, that Brink. was his big problem. He knew how to build things. He didn't know how to fix them. That's the yeah. So he was like, I can turn things on. I don't know how to turn them off. I carry this hammer with me. <laughs> I just remake them every <laughs> Tesla, time. Tesla, why don't you flip the switch down? 
Genius. Yes. That's why I put and that there. And he proceeds there. to beat it with a hammer. <laughs> he hits the switch with the hammer. Uh, come on, Nikki. Uh, at one point, come on, Wall- Nikki T. <laughs> Nikki T. Nikki. <laughs> That would be a great show. Oh, man. The Adventures of Nikki T. All right. At one point while experimenting, for those of you who have not heard this story already, because there, I'm sure, are a few. At one point while experimenting with mechanical oscillators, Nikola Tesla allegedly generated a resonance of uh, several buildings. Uh, yeah, generated a resonance of several buildings, causing uh, complaints to the police. As the speed grew, he hit the resonance frequency of his own building and uh, belatedly realizing the danger, he was forced to apply a sledgehammer to, I feel like the hammer gets bigger in every story, right. um, to terminate the experiment. Uh, just as the astonished police arrived, uh, the Discovery Channel's popular Mythbusters show examined Tesla's claim that he had created an earthquake machine in their 60th episode. Very specific. Thank you for telling us that. Yeah. They tested the physical phenomena known as a mechanical resonance on a traffic bridge, which today are built to withstand such forces. Uh, with a single I-beam of steel, uh, while a single I-beam of steel was uh, deflected several feet in each direction by their oscillator, and they reportedly felt the bridge shaking many yards away. Oh, wow. There were no earth-shattering effects. It's probably because well, Tesla's bridge. machine was better. Uh, yeah, it, that is, too. it is worth indicating that Good in the time Nikki of the event undertaken by Tesla, buildings were not built to withstand such resonance. Okay, so the same... I see, yeah. what, I see what they're saying. So they tested it on something that was actually designed to withstand something like right, that. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And whereas Tesla tested it in a building where... It they wasn't. weren't designed for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had no that idea that that's because what was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, he was like, and now you're no longer constipated. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. I would both (laughs) want to be and not want to be in the room when Tesla turns on a new invention. I know, right? It's like, Tesla, like, what is this like, going to do? Yeah. Like, All right, go. <laughs> what is this going to do? No idea. By <laughs> the way, here's out. your adult diapers. What do you need? The Just trust me. Yeah. It's just a uh, safety like, precaution. Yeah. He's like, worst case, I got the off switch. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I've got the off switch. What are your precautions, Tesla? Uh, this thing right here. <laughs> yeah. This man. hammer, yeah. What, we'll trust what happens if you go wrong? Oh, man. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, number two. Uh, sorry. Number two. Flexible glass uh, inventor Wait, unknown. Isn't that an actual thing now? What was this made? We have transparent aluminum now, which was total science fiction until not too long ago. Until it was no longer science fiction. Which is it was just pretty, science. pretty much everything. how it goes. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. a lot of things. Like people are just like, all right, this is science fiction. How can I remove the fiction? That's that's exactly what they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Star Trek has been the uh, like the. The seed for lots right. of inventions. Yeah. Um, so Bluetooth actually was basically um, invented. Would you refer to that as reverse engineering sci-fi? I think you're reverse engineering intellectual property. Yeah. yeah. In that sense, yeah. It's more like yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. was like, "Oh, they have a data pad. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be cool if I had a phone that I could do all that right. crap on?" Yeah. There's actually a guy uh, currently trying to crowdfund. At least this was a few years ago. I don't know if he's still working on it. Crowdfund a tricorder from Star Trek, oh, right. like an actual medical tricorder. Right. Like you could like, just like scan someone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that essentially be a handheld MRI? Yeah. Realistically, for the most part, yeah, yeah. 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 All or right, a handheld so, x-ray machine, yeah. which yeah. doesn't seem safe. No. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Here, test it. Did you read the instructions first? Nah. I'm sure it's good. I How's this feel? <laughs> <laughs> I brought the I brought hammer. That. Yes. It's so uh, small. Why do you need that big hammer? Uh, it's just my hammer. It's my smashing hammer. It's my smashing hammer. Smash it with it. 
Uh, I like what you called it. The off button. The off yeah. button. The <laughs> That's off actually button. what he wrote on the sign. The <laughs> off button. And like really bad handwriting. Yeah, All right. Well. So flexible glass is a legendary lost invention from during the reign of Roman Emperor Tiberius Caesar. Wow. Between hmm. 14 CE and 37 CE. He made a salad and flexible glass. <laughs> Keep going, Gary. He was a real renaissance man. Yeah. Uh, as recounted by Isidore of Seville, of course, there's no other. Uh, the craftsman who invented the, the technique brought uh, before Caesar a drinking bowl made of flexible glass, and Caesar threw it to the floor. And I threw it on the ground. What? It doesn't specify why. And then it bounces, and he's uh, like, oh. Whereupon the material dented rather than shattering. The inventor was able to simply repair the dent with a small hammer. Ha! Huh. His off button. It all it comes was back Tesla. to the hammer. <laughs> After the inventor swore to the emperor that he uh, alone knew the technique of manufacture, Caesar had the man beheaded, fearing <laughs> such material could undermine the value of gold and silver. Jesus. Probably, I mean, now he wasn't, that's he probably wasn't a wrong. Suppression. Yeah. yeah. That definitely is suppression. Well, that's, that's like in history though that's not really suppression that's like right. i mean it is suppression but it's very open suppression and to add insult I, to injury his questions. head fell into yes. a glass bowl <laughs> that shattered immediately shattered. i uh i have several questions about okay. this story number one how did the guy come up with it like what was he making glass one day and right like holy crap i can make it into a bowl. i mean right. Maybe, you know right uh, i don't know number two mm-hmm. why did caesar throw the ball on the ground <laughs> Well, he told him it was. I mean, I'm sure he explained what it was. But it doesn't say that in your little Caesar article. probably it, just it, went like, black magic. <laughs> yeah, black magic. Just like, oh, this water is delicious. <laughs> Maybe it was just a practice. Another. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just a practice. It of was like, uh, I'm done eating. <laughs> and I can afford many bowls. <laughs> and then that's why he actually beheaded me. He was like, I didn't get the satisfaction of a shattered bowl. Yeah. Well, behead that man. The bowl smelled number funny. Number three is the reaction to that. It's like, oh yeah, I know. It's it, it bends. I could just smack you back in. And Caesar's immediately like, we must kill this man. It's witchcraft. <laughs> now I understand. Like the, ancient emperors were. Well, I mean, it was nice Rome. I'll give him that. Yeah. But I also like it's it's. It's a weird reaction because, according to the article, it's that Caesar was afraid it would devalue gold and silver. Gold and silver. Right. Like, I mean, I could see that. Gl- I mean, because well, that I mean, was also during a time where it was like, if it's more valuable, because if you if like, if you have a malleable glass, sure. Whereas gold is a coin. Like, if you were able yeah, to yeah, trade yeah, someone, yeah. like, hey. Here's a sheet of glass. You can make whatever you want out of yeah. this. You're going to go, well, yeah, I'll take that more than I'm this. Sure the, I'm sure the applications would have been. Origami glass. Yeah, yeah. The applications would have been endless. I mean, it could have been. That's what I'm saying. You could have, they could have bettered. Armor or. And, and, and Rome, yeah. which was, you know, well known for big Actually, technological advances. Like, I'm surprised they didn't then use this yes. for advancements. I, and, and I can imagine one of his advisors is like, so, uh, sir, we, we should have used that for it. armor. Yeah. Like armor. You know, we, yeah. we he was we also doing really, all this other I mean, stuff yeah. for us. I mean, yeah, yeah. you could have just made essentially arrow-proof windows with it at that point. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah. he could have had his own Pope car. Nobody said that he thought it through. Yeah, like it's, yeah. I'm just surprised. He's probably drunk yeah. from the water. Used. That's yeah. probably what it was. He's probably, yeah. The lead. Yeah. Wasn't it lead from like the cups that they used yes, or something? Yeah, it, it yeah. sweetened their beverages. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably wasn't going to do anything bad to them. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it's already pretty squeezed. Lead. Damn. It's yeah. yeah. 
Number one. Chronovision. Father Marcello, Marcello uh, Pellegrino Ernetti. Isn't that a water brand? Pellegrino. San Pellegrino. I'm, I'm sure it it's is. an Italian okay. water. Mm, but it is a water. Italian yes. water. Like Italian soda. Ah. That's why they use an Italian soda. So it's very mild and disappointing. Uh, so this man uh, invented Chronovision and seltzer water. <laughs> so <laughs> Father Ernetti oh uh, is... Slow down with the inventions. Yeah, yeah, uh, actually, no, I think it was the Hungarians that invented seltzer water. Uh, Father Ernetti is fascinating, not, not just because of his work as an exorcist, <laughs> in the Venice region. Let's go back real fast. <laughs> so the man not only invented Chronovision and seltzer water, but uh, also apparently exercised demons. He's a full it's, package. He's yeah, interesting. Yeah. What do uh, you do? <laughs> well, I make these inventions and I exercise people. <laughs> so fight demons. Fun, yeah. Lord. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right, in the Venice region, but more uh, especially because of his work on the Chronovision. In the 1960s, he is said to have claimed he constructed a time viewer of sorts. I can imagine describing it that of way. Well, it's sorts. a time viewer. Kind of. Uh, I mean, you can only see time as it progresses, but you can see it. Uh, in the 1950s, look out the, I was just gonna say, look out the window. Time is moving forward at the same rate as you. Well, it's you th- amazing. If you think about it, if he, if he yeah. invented a simple video recording device, you could say, like, you can look in the past with this. I mean, you can only look at a small section of the past right. for <laughs> right. like 60 seconds, yeah. but... Sorry, I don't mean... Uh, he invented it in the 1950s as a part of a group that supposedly included Nobel laureate Enrico Fermi. And we talked about the Fermi paradox. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Werner von Braun. Uh, the machine was called the Chronovisor and could allegedly see and hear events of the past. According to an explanation by Ernetti, the luminous energy and sound the objects emanate are recorded in their environment, such as the proper use... Um, such that proper use of the chronovisor could reconstruct from said energy the images and sounds of a specific set of events from the past through the viewing screen of the chronovisor father ernetti claimed to have witnessed a performance in rome in 169 bc uh, of the now lost tragedy uh, uh theistes uh, by the father of latin poetry uh quintus Aeneas. Uh, he also claimed to have witnessed Christ dying on the cross on his deathbed. As in 19- you do. Yes. Uh, on his deathbed uh, in 1994, Father Ernetti said that he attended a meeting of all the people involved in the Chronovision at the Vatican, during which the only existing machine was destroyed with Tesla's off button. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bring us the ancient off button we discovered. <laughs> <laughs> it's over next to the uh, flexible glass yeah, bowl. Yeah, yeah. Flexible glass, uh, <laughs> right next to a piece of the one Drew Cross. Okay, so <laughs> yes, so the Vatican also, is warehouse don't thirteen. Don't break that. I put an exercise demon <laughs> yeah. in. There. Yeah, so the Vatican is now warehouse thirteen. It does seem that way. Yes. Um, so yeah, thoughts on the Chronovision. So the idea is that basically events would leave a somewhat of like an energy stamp. Yes. On right. their location, which and is then, one theory for like the existence of ghosts. Sure. So yeah. Say yeah, an exorcist yes. definitely would and yes. these, come up with <laughs> whatever it was the chronovisor, right? I like to think it's like Jordy's from, mm-hmm. from right. Star Trek. From yeah. Star Trek, uh, you could see that specific event, and then the Vatican yes. eventually destroyed it. Interesting. Now, why would the Vatican destroy it? Because they don't want to see have you see certain events. Well, obviously, 
Um, I, yeah, I don't know about this one. This one seems a little stretched a little, a little too far into yeah. the, uh, like the sci-fi realm. Right. This one seems more like accidental recordings of things. Like the sound, but, like but if you were he, to... he maintains that he saw a, like the crucifixion of Christ. Like that's not like I, I videotaped a yeah, birthday but, party and look at I trapped time in my magic <laughs> in my box. Machine. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Like, well, let's yeah. be honest. We're also talking about a guy you that's witnessed. like, oh, by the way, I exercise demons. Eh, well, yeah. I got to yeah. justify it somehow. <laughs> yeah. It's science, but, I promise. But it's interesting that the Vatican would destroy the device. Right. Instead of just saying, yeah, it doesn't work. Well, People. hold on. They say. Yeah, they he say this. Because there are a lot of catacombs yeah, yeah, yeah. with a lot of things there in there, are. including uh, Nikki T's off switch. I keep hitting your left Secrets right. hidden within the Vatican itself. Yeah, so yeah ancient texts. They're within the text walls. Also, for the uh, record, bendable glass sounds so, awesome. Why has no one tried to remake that? I'm sure uh, they have. I'm actually, sure they it's have. no, it's the descendants of Caesar keep showing up and chopping off people's heads. <laughs> maybe the theory. Close. Okay, maybe the theory. Well, one of my Crap theories Caesar's is that off button. he didn't invent flexible glass. Maybe it was just like a transparent plastic. Mm. That's another that possibility. They described. Yeah, that's what they described. Yeah. Yes, 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 what they described. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a dent in my plastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. I mean, it's possible he made like a flexible plastic. Yes. Right. Yeah. He. I mean, yeah, they they would have referred to it. I mean, I don't think the That's term plastic was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. So, I mean, they would have had been like, oh, my God, it's transparent. It's like, like glass. glass. Yes, right. exactly. But it bends. Yep. You it's know. like glass, but it isn't. Uh, yeah, that, I, I don't know if I Chronovision. buy the last one very much. I mean, there's other ones that I, mean, I could see. Yes. Yeah. That one just seems a little stretched a little too far into just, the realm of science fiction. I want yeah. to be the guy that works in the warehouse where they keep all this stuff. So basically the Indiana Jones warehouse. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So what do you want to do today? I don't know. I've played with all of them. I'm kind of bored at this point. This yeah. is, see, this what, is what, what historical the, event do you want to see? I have This is one of those all. stories where you like just, you, uh, you like inquire about a help wanted ad or something like that. Like, right. yeah, you just yeah. need like a night watchman. <laughs> yeah. Just basically you just gonna hang out. Watch a bunch uh, of crates. Yeah, I mean it's mostly crates. No one really comes around. Occasionally somebody will show up to bring something new in. Right. You yep. need to catalog it. They will refer yes. to you as top men. Sure. Yes. That's the yeah. positions rule. And uh, you must Tiny. never open the crates. No. No matter what Ever. you hear. No matter what you hear or see <laughs> or feel. All in your head, outside your head. Sounds awesome, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have another list we're going to go through real fast. Whoa. Actually, this is better for my eyes. Uh, top 10 lost technologies we really could use today from top 10s. Yeah, right. Dan. Number 10. Again. Stradivari Again. violin. Take two. One lost technology of the 1700s is I'm the sorry, process what? Stradivari violins. Okay. One lost technology of the 1700s is the process through which the famed Stradivari violins and other stringed instruments were built. The violins, along with assorted violas, cellos, and guitars, were constructed by the Stradivari family in Italy from roughly 1650 to 1750. The violins were prized in their day, but they've since become world famous for having an unparalleled and impossible to reproduce sound quality. Uh, today, there are only a, around 600 of the instruments left, and most are worth several hundred thousand dollars. I'm actually Jeez. really surprised that that's it. Yeah, it's it worth millions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, the same Stradivari uh, has the name Stradivari has become so synonymous with quality that it has become uh, that it has come to serve as a descriptive term for anything considered to be the best in its field. So, so I am Stradivari. Man, it's not true. Uh, no. So. 
you're saying that in all this time though nobody's been able to replicate they can't like take a stradivari and replicate it it sounds like, like they have but they have it on not a molecular scales yeah some like done it properly, properly. like there, there's probably it's point. probably one of those ones where it's kind of like what's the secret ingredient exactly like we've got All our special right. sauce Butter. and we can make it properly but if you tried to like if yeah. i just Even gave I you the, the same ingredients, ingredients yeah it wouldn't you'd be like yeah. wait how did they it's like a pinterest oh film. they did a fold instead of a stir yeah. like weird things yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. so they it's, aged it's a, the wood yeah. in a damp cellar as opposed to a dry cellar i have no idea if you play the, the right sellers notes. are the only things I can guarantee so, existed back then. So Pinterest fails, basically. That's yeah, what we're looking much, at. Yeah. It's like I tried to do what they did, and this is what I got. And with the Stradivari, if you play the right note, you can control people's minds. Cool. Let's yeah. get one. I That's know, kind right? of cool. business investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's only a couple Except, hundred yeah, thousand. Yeah. One of us needs to learn how to play the violin. Walk into though. a business <laughs> meeting. <laughs> So, you might be wondering why I have this violin. <laughs> uh, how now was let it me lost? pay you a single note for the next hour. Uh, <laughs> the technique for building Stradivari instruments was a family secret known only by patriarch Antonio Stradivari and his sons, uh, Omo Bono and Francesco. I'm sorry, what was his name? Omo Bono. <laughs> uh, what should we call our new son? Omo Bono. Omo Bono. What's the next one? Francesco. <laughs> yes. Once they died, the process died with them. But this hasn't stopped some from trying to reproduce okay. it. See, so, so somebody has tried. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, it sounds like these, it, it's a list of things that have been attempted to replicate. Is that what the list is? This is just lost. This is not suppressed. Oh, right, okay. just lost. Like, why would you suppress yeah, yeah. a violin? Well, we've lost. Yeah. It's too beautiful. I can't. Too well, it's big. It's those big violin companies. Yeah, big violin is trying to keep them down. Dan. Number nine. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this right. Uh, Nepenthe. Nepenthe? Nepenthe. I would say Nepenthe. N-E-P-E-N-T-H-E. The sheer sophistication of the technology wielded by the ancient Greeks and Romans is often quite astonishing, especially when it came to medicine. Among other things, the Greeks were known to treat the bereaved with Nepenthe, or Nepenthe. It's probably Nepenthe. A primitive primitive antidepressant that was known for its ability to chase away sorrow. The drug is frequently mentioned in Greek literature like Homer's Odyssey. Some claim that it might be fictional, but others have argued that the drug was real and used widely in ancient Greece. Uh, Nepenthe was said to have originated in Egypt, and its effect as a drug of forgetfulness have led many to compare it to opium or laudanum. Laudanum. It is mentioned very often in mythology they use it to like mm-hmm. make people forget things and like right. oh, well you know if you give him this he'll never remember that you lopped off his head i think he won't remember <laughs> it anyway but not in greek mythology uh, often <laughs> okay so how was it lost oftentimes these lost technologies are possibly still around today and it's only our inability to identify their modern equivalent that yeah. makes them mysterious you yeah. could see that yeah because yeah. that also seems like one of those ones where like it also might have yeah, been exactly. yeah. yeah like it's been refined over the years to the point that we don't right. have that because we have the better version right 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 and when we go through and we're like how do we recreate that we consider the things that made it better so we can't replicate yes. i could see that being yeah a big one. absolutely dan number eight the antikythera mechanism One of the most mysterious of all archaeological artifacts is what is known as the Antikythera Mechanism, a bronze machine that was discovered by divers off the coast of Greek 
the Greek island of Antikythera in the early 1900s. The mechanism consists of a series of over 30 gears, cranks, and dials that could be manipulated in order to chart the astronomical positions of the sun, moon, and other planets. The device was found among the remains of a shipwreck the scientists have dated to the 1st or 2nd century BC. Its true purpose is still not fully known, and the, mis the mystery behind its construction uh, and use has puzzled researchers for years. The consensus now seems to be that the Antikythera mechanism was a kind of primitive clock that could calculate lunar phases and solar years, uh, which has led some to uh, refer to it as the earliest example of an analog computer. How was it lost? Mm. Well, he found it. Uh, the sophistication and precision evident in the design of the mechanism suggests that it was not the only device of its kind. And many scientists have speculated that its use might have been widespread. Still, mm. the existence of other devices like the Antikythera mechanism doesn't appear on the historical record until the 14th century, which would mean that the technology was lost for nearly 1,400 years. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that sounds kind of like basically one that the we... birth of like computers, right? Yeah, interesting. And they just conveniently lost it. Investors backed out. Like this Mickey will go T nowhere. Showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. off switch. Mickey T. What if he's the suppressor? He's yes, traveling through time, traveling through time suppressing technologies. technologies. Brilliant oh, idea for a screenplay. That I is like brilliant. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Came up by all of us. We all need to be co-writers. Sure, sure. You're like yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the Suppressor, starring Nikola Tesla. And his him. off button. <laughs> it's Nikola Tesla, The Suppressor. <laughs> I would have gone with Nikki T, The Suppressing. That's the that's, sequel. That's, that's the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the Keep going, Gary. Uh, Dan? Number seven. The Telarmonium. Uh, often recognized as the world as the world's first electronic musical instrument, the Telharmonium. Telharmonium. Okay, yep, yeah, I see it. Uh, was a large organ-like device that used tone wheels to create to creative synthetic musical notes that were then transmitted by wires to a series of loudspeakers. Uh, the Telharmonium was developed by the inventor uh, Thaddeus Cahill in 1897, and at the time, it was one of the biggest instruments ever built. Cahill would eventually construct three versions of it, uh, one of which was said to weigh some 200 tons and take up enough space to fill an entire room. Its setup consisted of a collection of keyboards and foot pedals, uh, which the user could manipulate to reproduce the sounds of other instruments, uh, particularly woodwinds like flutes, bassoons, and clarinets. The first public exhibition of the Telharmonium was, uh, were, met, were, were met with great su success. What are you laughing about? I, well, I, at first, because you mentioned like the they're the size of the room, sure. I was thinking of very, very early computers mm. yes. and how like mm -hmm. a hard drive was yeah, huge yeah, yeah. and now they're super small. And I was like, what would be the equivalents? And then I was like, well, it's pretty much one of those tiny keyboards yeah, that has yeah, like yeah, the yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. That's buttons. actually what I was thinking too. The French yeah. scene, the French scene where he's like, yeah. And so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking, just what if this guy came to the president and is like, so what happened to my organ? Well, you see this little plastic thing. Yeah. <laughs> All that's these what happens. What we call it in the eighties. It was called sounds. a guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At some point, we put a strap oh, yeah. on it. Yeah, it was very trendy, and then it wasn't, and then it was trendy again, yeah. and then it wasn't. 
Soon, though. Soon it will come <laughs> It'll out. make its third round. <laughs> Do it. Uh, people came in droves to hear public performances of the primitive synthesizer, which was said to produce a clear, round sound that resembled a uh, sine wave. Uh, how was it lost? Following its initial success, Cahill developed big plans for his Telharmonium. Because of its ability to transmit a signal over telephone wires, he envisioned Telharmonium music being broadcast remotely as background sound in places like restaurants, hotels, and private homes. Brilliant so he idea. invented radio in a way. And yeah. elevator music. And, and elevator, elevator music. even better. That was his downfall. Unfortunately, the device proved to be far too he- ahead of its time. The massive energy consumption strained early power grids and at a price tag of yeah, a whopping $200,000. It doesn't say if that was at the time or now, uh, like for inflation, just for inflation. The instrument was just too pricey to build on a large scale. What's more, where did he find two... Wow. Uh, what's more, uh, early experiments in broadcasting its music over the telephone proved disastrous. Mm. Uh, as its sounds would often bleed over into private phone conversations. Creepy. That uh, would be creepy. After a Hear while. music too, right? <laughs> uh, after a while, the public's fascination with the device waned, and the different versions of it were eventually scrapped. Nothing remains today. Uh, I, I think the downfall was his fart noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, got a bassoon? Guys, watch this. <laughs> I just, it's, it's just an interesting what? idea. Because like, he's like, yes, I've created a new instrument. It costs $80 bajillion in the size of a small city. Yes. Like, yeah, it's like, not a good investment. Also, yeah, honestly, you won't have enough yeah. electricity to power it yeah, either. That, sorry. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get five minutes yeah, for the day. It also disrupts uh, phone conversations. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I understand yeah. like it was an interesting idea and, you know, obviously, right. sure. you know, I mean, it does sound like an ancient keyboard is really, yeah. I mean, what it is, uh, it, just an ancient, it yeah, just, old synthesizer. It just, yeah, like, yeah, not practicality. It wasn't, no, it was no, probably no. more and, of a, and like, not a, something, a weird, uh, I love how it actually instrument. contradicts the title of this article, which is top 10 lost technologies we really could use yeah, today. No, we can't. We yeah. have it today. Yeah. yeah. Need I remind and you? And we really or, don't yeah. need to use yes. it. Sometimes we uh, put it in guitar form. <laughs> yes. The good old guitar. Uh, Dan. Number six. The Library of Alexandria. Although oh, it wasn't a technology, the legendary Library of Alexandria warrants a place on this list, if only because its de- uh, destruction meant that so much of the collected knowledge of antiquity was forever lost. The library was founded in Alexandria, Egypt, in roughly 300 BC, most likely during the reign of Ptolemy Soter. Uh, it marked the first serious attempt to gather all the known information about the outside world in one place. The size of its collection is not known, though the number has been estimated to be in the neighborhood of one million scrolls. But the library undoubtedly attracted some of the great minds of its day. Among the among them, uh, Zen Zen, Zenodotus, Zenodotus, yeah, and Aristophanes a name I know, of Byzantium, (laughs) both of whom spent considerable time doing scholarly work in Alexandria. The library became so important that there's even a legend that all visitors to the city would have to surrender their books upon entering so that a copy could be made for storage in the great library. I could see that happening. I could see, I mean, they have that in Avatar The Last Airbender. You have to, like, they go to a library, and in order to experience, you have to provide information that the library does not contain. Currently have. Yeah. Oh, I do That's remember great. that episode. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there's there's one theory that if the Library of Alexandria had never burned down, mm-hmm. uh, that Columbus, instead of going to America, could very well have gone to the moon. 
That would be sweet. Yes. I mean, because you can... Normal history for us, though. So it would have been... Yeah. I mean, it would have been just normal history. Yeah. We mean, would yeah, have those floating I mean, cars. Because it did have such a, a vast amount of knowledge mm-hmm. and history and whatnot. Yep. It, like, you... It really makes you wonder what was lost. Yeah. Uh, they say internal combustion engines were actually being worked on. Right. In Alexandria during it, when it fell. Hmm. Um, and then I'm sure any number of other inventions. Yeah. You know, I mean. Ro- robotics yeah, were all, already mine. being developed. Uh, automatic doors, vending machines. Right. Things like these uh, were in development in ancient Greek and Rome, or Greece and Rome. So now other technologies wouldn't surprise me at all. Like actual computers wouldn't surprise me. Right. Was this one of those ones that was lost or destroyed? Destroyed. It burned. Burned okay. It was. Down. Okay. Okay. So we yeah. know where like the physical location is. Oh, yes. just oh absolutely. Yeah, this okay. isn't like there was a mythical library. Right. Kind of like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. we real. legitimately lost it. And then like <laughs> the lost library. Right. Honestly, I have no idea where we put it. Well, because I do, I do think of Avatar: Back. Last Airbender, where it sunk in the yeah, sand, yeah, yeah. right? And like, so it no, was yeah, still this, there, but you burned, couldn't yeah. see it. Right. Okay, this so it burned, did fully burn, or they lost okay. it in the Vatican, and the Vatican just claimed it. <laughs> Finders keepers. Because that that actually does make me wonder <laughs> if like ours they now. they took a lot of the stuff, and yeah. it is in like the uh, some of it survived. And stuff. Yeah, something yeah. survived. Uh, nothing to Nikki T's off button survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was how right in the middle here we go. Tool. <laughs> Very few could lift it. Uh, how worthy? <laughs> how was it lost? The Library of Alexandria and all its contents no. burned sometime around uh, the first or second century AD. Scholars are still uncertain just how the fire was started, but there are a few competing theories. The first, which is backed up by historical documents, suggests that Julius Caesar, that guy, accidentally burned the library when he sent set fire to some of his own ships in order to block the path of an advancing enemy fleet. He's, he's just Genius. like, lights it on fire. Oh no! This guy <laughs> is your leader? <laughs> so the armies are advancing. No problem. We will burn our own ships. <laughs> but Brutal. sir, what if we accidentally set fire to the city? What are the chances of that <laughs> yes. happening? Yes, as he's eating from his yeah, glass bowl, <laughs> he finishes again. Bring me another. <laughs> Bring me another. The fire spread to the docks and then enveloped the library. Other theories contended that the library was sacked and burned by invaders. With the Emperor Aurelian, uh, the- Theodosius, Theodosius, totally. Theodosius, yeah. Theodosius, sure. Uh, the first and the Arab conqueror, Amir ibn al-Las. <laughs> serving as the main contenders. However, the Library of Alexandria was destroyed. There's little doubt uh, that many of the secrets of antiquity were lost along with it. I think it was a book that someone left open, like wind came in and caused enough friction on the sure, pages yeah. turning that it sparked. But not like a candle blew oh, over. No, yeah. that's too realistic. That's too realistic. Yeah. Like a scholar's in there and he's just like leans back and he's like, Whew. Yeah, falls asleep, man. Flicks it off. <laughs> it's exhausting being here with all these books. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> He's using one to put his. Oh man, probably ass. American. Oh, oh god, this yeah. isn't working. <laughs> It, it was, was Caesar, I promise. It was Nikola Tesla, actually. Uh, like, Nikki huh. T. He's got his hammer. He's like, this will take too long. He yeah. actually <laughs> he actually lit the hammer on fire. He's Genius. like, much better. Much better. All right, number now five, Damascus five. Steel. Ooh. Oh, wait, sorry. You do it. Sorry. Number five. Damascus Steel. Damascus steel was an impossibly strong type of metal that was widely used in the Middle East from 1100 to 1700 AD. It is most famously associated with swords and knives. Blades blades forged with Damascus steel were known for their amazing strength and cutting ability and were said to be able to slice rocks and other metals. 
including the blades of weaker swords, cleanly in half. Awesome. That'd be so cool. The blades are believed to have been created using Woods steel, which was mostly likely imported from India and Sri Lanka, and molded and blended to create a patterned blade. Uh, the special quality of the swords is thought to have derived from this process, which weaved together tough uh, cementite and soft iron to form a metal that was as strong as it was flexible. Hmm. Uh, how was it lost? The particular process for forging Damascus steel appears to have disappeared sometime around 1750 AD. It's really late. Uh, the exact cause uh, for the loss of the te technique is unknown. Hmm. Number four. Apollo slash Gemini space program technology. Not all lost technology dates back to antiquity. Sometimes it's just become so obsolete that it's no longer compatible. The Apollo and Gemini space programs of the 1950s, 60s, and 70s were responsible for NASA's biggest successes, including some of the first manned space flights and the first trip to the moon. Gemini, which ran from 1965 to 66, was responsible for the for much of the early research and development into the uh, mechanics of human spaceflight. Apollo, which followed shortly thereafter, was launched with the goal of landing a crew on the surface of the moon, which is... Uh, which it succeeded in doing in July of 1969. Nice. Interesting. Why is this on this list? How was it lost? The Apollo and Gemini programs aren't truly lost. They are still There are still one or two Saturn V rockets lying around, and there are plenty of parts. So basically things are just I was going to say, this doesn't sound like they were lost. It just sounds like we got better technology. Yeah, which we don't need today. Yeah, like, yeah. It's going to say it doesn't sound yeah. like they were. It's not like we like, oh, we lost one of our rockets. Yeah. Remember that time we sent that dude What'd to the you moon do to and it? lost him? Like, yeah. yeah, like yeah. they're actually like, He's, you brought the rocket back. I was supposed to grab was, the rocket. Yeah. I thought you were grabbing the rocket. Hey, wait, where's Neil? Guys, guys. Then the That's then the nice. moon men find Hello. him. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I can imagine like That's. 4,000 small steps for man. <laughs> He's just up there. 4,001 small steps for man. <laughs> Just, <laughs> just getting just, bored and going just crazy. Bored. <laughs> All right, number three, uh, silphium. Nice. Lost technologies aren't always the result of too much secrecy or poor record keeping. Sometimes nature just doesn't cooperate. This was the case with silphium, an herbal wonder drug that the Romans used as one of the earliest forms of birth control. It was based on the fruit of a particular genus of the fennel plant, a flowering herb that only grew along a certain shoreline in modern-day Libya. Bless you. That's like a real-life quest item. I need you to travel across the fields this is gonna of the sound, mountains this through is gonna the sound rivers. even more like a quest item. Is it? Okay. The heart-shaped fruit oh, even better. of the sylphium plant was known to be something of a cure-all and was used to treat warts, fever, indigestion, and a whole host of other ailments. Upset but it was, stomach and diarrhea. <laughs> but it was sylphium's powers as a contraceptive that made it one of the most valuable substances in the Roman world. <laughs> Now it's actually in Rome. In Rome, yeah. In Rome, yeah. I went yeah, in Rome. I want Use to have sex, yeah. but I don't want to have children. So I will journey to the Tower Mountain. <laughs> yes. Follow my heart-shaped fruit. Uh, to the point that the plant appears on several different pieces of ancient Roman currency. Uh, wow, that is a valued piece of plant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, women they would drink. Really <laughs> women like would drink selfium juice every few weeks, and this would be enough to prevent pregnancy. Using the herb would even terminate an existing pregnancy if used correctly, which would make selfium one of the earliest methods of abortion. So it's the first plan B. You gotta show it up there. Anyway, keep going. 
That was disgusting. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Edit that out, Dylan. Just put a giant black <laughs> bar right there. How was it lost? It sounds like they just overused it. I have uh, a couple of ideas. Never mind. Keep uh, Silphium was well, one of the most so sought they after. Used it all up. Right. I'm sure they did. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the most sought after drugs of the ancient world, and its use spread rapidly across Europe and into Asia. But despite its remarkable effects, the particular genus of the plant needed uh, needed would only grow in one area along the Mediterranean in North Africa. Its scarcity, combined with an overwhelming demand, yeah. more than likely led to overharvesting, which drove the plant into extinction. Yeah, sounds about right. Yep. Dan. Number two. Roman cement. Modern concrete was developed in the 1700s, and today the simple mixture of cement, water, sand, and rock is the most widely used building material in the world. But the recipe developed in the 18th century wasn't the first time concrete was invented. In fact, concrete was widely uh, used throughout antiquity by the Persians, Egyptians, Assyrians, and Romans. The Romans in particular made an extensive use of concrete and they were responsible for first perfecting the recipe by mixing burnt lime and crushed rocks and water. Their mastery of its use allowed them to build many of their most famous structures. Uh, among them was the Pantheon, the Colosseum, the aqueducts, and Roman baths. So basically the best concrete ever made, we don't know how to make anymore. Just God, like there's so many of those. Yeah, yeah. and Damascus steel and yeah, yeah. Yep. violins by Strydenborg. <laughs> We're going to go with that. I like Strydenborg. <laughs> Strydenborg. That's a pretty good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That was like the German off brand. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> How, you guys want my Strydenborg? No. No, I'm not hungry. Thanks. <laughs> How was it lost? <laughs> like so many technologies of the Greeks and Romans, the recipe for concrete was lost during the descent into the Dark Ages. But just why remains no electricity. a mystery. The most popular theory is that the recipe was something of a trade secret among uh, stonemasons. Mm-hmm. And that the method for making cement and concrete died along with those who knew it. And we come back full circle to Greek fire, which we will not read about. It definitely deserved to be number one. Yes, mm. Greek fire. If you want to know more about that, just rewind the video. Go back to the beginning. If, if you want to know more about that, <laughs> did you not watch the did first you part? Of the, did you just coming in halfway? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, jump forward. Someone going, no, yep. no, no, no. Greek fire. Jeez. So Why didn't they lead with this? <laughs> I would like to imagine a world where none of these things disappeared. Sure. Nothing was suppressed. Okay. We would either live in a utopia or we would have already destroyed ourselves. Well, if we still had Greek fire. Honestly, I I think we would live in a utopia because I, I feel like a lot of these things would be one of those. If it had advanced with society, you wouldn't have the people going, hey, we have the monopoly. We need to shut down all these other people because Mm. it was just integrated into Mm. society. So I, that's what I would hope would have come if we had kept all the technology, but I doubt it. Mankind sucks. We, we would have killed each other. I, I, think, I think things yeah, might actually be worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is, see, it's one of those ones though, where it's you like it very well, yeah, easily know, could yeah. go yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Uh, so it's like out the of force. Sometimes you can be in the good. Sometimes you go on the dark side. It's a fine yeah, line. It happens. Fine happens. line. Remain gray. Is that what? Is that, that is, that's our, yeah. Yes, that is. Remain neutral about all things. Never take or a stance. smash all lightsabers <laughs> and lose the technology to recreate yeah. them. Yeah, uh, that's on another list. Yes. No, it's not. That would be amazing. 
Uh, probably invented by the Greeks. Most likely. Yeah. 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 And then uh, the Caesar beheaded some. Yeah. Alexandria fire. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, so out of all these things, what stands out to you? What are your, some of your theories on like where of all of these? I will say my favorite is the Damascus steel. That really? that is really? all. That's always huh. been one okay. like a thing that I really really like, and that's very heavily related to video games. Mm-hmm. Just because okay. in okay. pretty much every video game, Damascus, Damascus is a steel, type yeah. of right. like yeah, dagger yeah, yeah. you can get. Right. And I just it's things like that because it's the same with the Viking primitive steel of mm-hmm. the like it's it's just the weird uh, making very very strong materials almost by mistake right, right. that is right. just a cool concept to me that it's like some of the best things in existence was a like just a random chance that it happened and then it stuck around and then it disappeared so it's kind of like one of those like very video gamey of the ancient weapons are a lot more powerful than the current day weapons. Like, cause they're always right. like, grab the sword of the ancient hero. And your first thought is what, but weapons have gotten better since then. Like Why would I grab that? Right. <laughs> but like Damascus is one of those ones where it's like, if it, you did find the yeah. ancient Damascus mm-hmm. sword, you'd be like, holy crap, I can cut through anything right now. I can now block bullets. Exactly. <laughs> Just, just like that, just like just because they're all aiming right <laughs> yeah. here, right here, and very slowly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, so Damascus Steel stands out to you. That's that's what stands out to me. But a lot of these sound, honestly, less like conspiracies, more like just lost rather than suppressed. Sure. Some I know, like the first list had like a couple that cold fusion device, yeah, stuff like that cell. was, but like a lot of it does seem like oh, it either got lost or we've advanced enough to the point that we just can't replicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we still can't replicate uh, uh, Tesla's off button. Yeah, no, no. We've been, been trying. We've been trying. Yeah, I got closest we got is Harley Quinn. With her. <laughs> like, hang on, each time. I got this. Yeah, smash. smash. Can you go turn off the oven? Yeah, we're smash. <laughs> oh man, uh, how do you turn it off? I don't understand. Yeah, I'm confused. Uh, what like, she like hits the switch and was like, "My God, I could have been doing that this whole time." Amazing. How much money I've spent on lights? Uh, they're Stradivari violins. I like no. What was it? Strasenborg or whatever. Strodenborg. Strodenborg. Oh man! Uh, yeah, what what stands out to you? Like, what do you think about I mean, all the list? Like the the yeah, I mean, like lost. like you said, I think I feel like a lot of them probably weren't suppressed. It was most likely they didn't work or something like that, right? Uh, in terms of like the lost technology, a lot of it is yeah, like the craftsman died off and things like that. To me, the uh, the library burning was probably one of the biggest things that a true we lost. Yeah. Yeah. For, like, yeah, we actually lost right like, yes. history, that would technology, be, creations, yep. right, just gone. You know, yep. and because it was, you know, the time it was, there's there's no way to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that would be yeah. so cool if we still had that, though. If we had a chronovision. <gasps> dun, 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 oh. Now, okay. except unfortunately, the, the blueprints was in the You'd library. have to overlook people reading. and. Well, that's yeah. what, well, like, could you. Oh, the resolution is so bad. Chronovision to read what was there, because no. wouldn't it technically have left? energy Maybe. or whatever but i but think not it, probably it, the actual like you writing can't interact right. with yeah. yeah yeah so you have to like oversee somebody reading a scroll you just like, gotta hope somebody opened up the right one that yeah, you needed yeah. yeah it's all 
porn. Yeah. <laughs> They're all just like, why is everybody reading it's this just stuff? just ancient porn. <laughs> He's like, oh, what secrets will I learn? Oh. Big booty, babes. What? <laughs> yes. It's not helpful at all. <laughs> Let me check just to be sure. <laughs> look for another hour or so. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, it's like, let me see what the sculptors are up to. <laughs> More. What is going on? Jesus, I didn't know I was in Rome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, oh. it all makes sense oh, now. Oh, okay. Now yeah, it yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I think what stands out to me the most uh, is what, some of these do actually sound like suppressed technologies, um, especially the cold fusion device. That's very yeah, strange. Yeah, that sounds very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, water fuel cell. Mm-hmm. I, I think if the if people were demanding their money back, then yeah. I, I can't imagine it. Yeah. They opened him up. Turns out he was being powered by a water fuel cell. Though. I mean, <laughs> oh, kind of. He is. Yeah. 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 yeah, so flexible. By water. Uh, the flexible glass just sounds like plastic to me. Yep. Uh, chronovision, highly, highly unlikely, but I might eat my words someday and realize that it was real. Uh, There's someone watching us right now. The Oregon Wilhelm Reich still doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how you, how you like channel libido. Trust me. Weaponized libido. Yeah. Weaponized I've been weaponizing libido. it for 33 years. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and even a lot of these sound like the, like the weapons are now uh, obsolete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why use Greek fire when you have nukes? Right. Napalm. Why use Damascus steel when you have like ARs? You know. Yeah, but try to stay with me here. You make the bullets out of Damascus steel. That would be amazing. That would be sweet. (laughs) That would be sweet. That would be just shooting knives at people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not a knife launcher. It's just stabbing people at really high speeds. Uh, and there are other like really interesting things that I just wish I could hear, like the uh, what did you call it? The violence, Schrodenborg, the Schrodenborg violence. I mean, you can though. Yeah, they're, they're still, still out there. They're still out there, but they may not be functioning. They're so old. That is true. Yeah, they may not sound like they once did. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. So uh, they- you know, they've got to, because otherwise you couldn't. Like anyone could go. This is a Schrodenborg, and it's like, well, it sounds like shit because it's been a couple hundred years. <laughs> That's because it's an off-brand, Dan. Yeah. Uh, they don't age well. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think if we, had we lost nothing, had nothing been suppressed mm-hmm. today, uh, unfortunately, because of human nature, I think things might actually be worse. That's what, that's, my take worse that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway. Colonize the galaxy. Yeah, that's and we just true. Start wars like. That's true. You know, colony versus colony. I mean, it would. So what is the world is like? Nature, yeah. What is the world yeah. like with no lost technology or suppression? Well, you know the Borg, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we basically become that. It's not fun. Also, we keep burning people with Greek fire. Yeah, it's very effective. Like it burns uh, in space too. We found out. <laughs> so that was cool. We let out a giant sheet <laughs> of. Uh, Unfortunately, we can't leave the ozone anymore because it's a big sheet of fire. Turns out it uh, also burns the upper atmosphere. We also did restart the sun, which was not so bad, but now it's made of great fire. So So it'll never go out. Yeah. Great. We're also, it's heating up, actually. (laughs) It's getting worse. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh, getting worse. Turns out Greek fire burns the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? It's a burnt spot right there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's spreading. Anyway. Uh, let us know what you think in the comment section below. Are any of these? Do you, do you wish desperately wish some of these technologies or things, cures still existed today, or are we better off without them? Um, and which there are a few things on this list that were actually shouldn't have been on there, like Gemini Apollo Gemini space program. Oh, so we, right. that. we just moved on. We just stopped yeah. using it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let us know what you think in the comment section below. Uh, this has been. I'm going to go back around. Glory, Andy. 
Glorp, everybody. And Glorp Gary. And, and Glorp Dan. And this yes. Glorp show was brought to you by our merchandise yes. store where you can buy our amazing I Love the Illuminati shirts as well as many other great, great shirts. And if you are watching this live right now at twitch.tv slash comicstorm where we stream this live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, you can use our code COMICS when buying G Fuel to get 30% off your order. And if you're watching this uh, when we put it on the YouTube channel, you can still use that code and get 10% off. Thank you guys so much for watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Glorp everybody. Glorp everybody. Dan, you can go glorp yourself. Glorp you, man! <laughs>